0: Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello, and welcome back, awesomes. You are listening to the show that's all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all of the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 178 of the show. And I am so excited to tell you all our theme for 2019. Now, last year, we really focused the whole year on it being the year of the awesome. We dedicated a whole year of sort of awesome to discovering more about what it means to not just say that we are awesomes, but how to actually be an awesome and how to spread our awesome around in the world around us. Well, this year's theme for 2019 is going to be awesomes know how. One of the biggest things that I learned last year is that you guys are community of awesomes. You already know how to do so much and you are doing it so Well, so we're going to talk about and discover some of the things that you guys are doing amazingly. We have so much to learn. And for the things that we don't know how to do yet, we're going to settle in and learn how to do some of this stuff together. So we're covering everything from health and wellness to finances to food and home life and all kinds of things to help us all live a more awesome life. Together, I'm going to have lots more details on this coming soon. But I just couldn't wait to tell you I have been scheming and dreaming for the year ahead for Sorta Awesome. I'm very excited about it, so I wanted to let you in on that. I also wanted to remind you that if you haven't already, we would sure love it if you could leave us a quick review over in Apple Podcasts. It's one of the best ways to help other people find Sorta Awesome, just by going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five star rating and review. And if you're not into Apple Podcasts, you can totally help us spread the word of Sorta Awesome just by telling a friend about the show. And a really easy way to do that is just send them over to our website, which is SortaAwesomeShow.com. Okay, well, like I said, this is episode 178. I'm so excited to welcome Back to sort of awesome, a regular now. Here with me is my lovely little sister, Emily Harris. Hi, Emily.
1: Hi. Hi. It's always such a joy to come back on this show. Happy New Year to you. Here Here we are, 2019. Here we are. So fun, so exciting. So,
0: of course, with it being January, lots of us are thinking about, and not just thinking about, we're actually doing a lot of, I don't know, kind of like just polishing up. And organizing and throwing things out. I mean, I cleaned out our bedroom yesterday, Emily, and I thought it was pretty clean in here. And I ended up with a huge black garbage bag full of stuff to go out
1: just out of our bedroom. And we're the adults in the house. Yeah, that's (laughs) really how it is. Also,
0: you're not only doing the normal January tidying up, you're getting ready to move. I am. I am moving at the end of January. The end of January, not moving out of the DFW area, but you're moving apartments. And I have to ask you, I've moved a lot. You know, we moved a lot, of course, growing up as kids. I've moved a number of times as an adult, but never in January. So far, would you say moving in January is
1: thumbs up or thumbs down? Well, I will say that I have noticed that the market rate for apartments definitely goes down in January because most people move in the summer. Uh Uh-huh. So I kind of planned it this way. Nice. And, you know, my boyfriend Corey and I are already looking at movers and they are wide open in schedules. So I'm going to go ahead and say it looks like it's easier.
0: Okay. Now, of course, you do live in Dallas. So weather is not the big concern that it might be for places where there's a ton of snow throughout January. Right. Might be a little logistically You know, a little bit more difficult, but that's really interesting. And really truly, January is a time when most people are like going through and purging and decluttering and all of those things anyway. So you're a pretty smart lady for doing this at the end of January. Good job. I am
1: excited about this move. Good. Good job, you. Okay.
0: Well, we have a very, very full show. Emily and I've done a ton of research to put this show together because this week we're gonna be talking about the idea of organization, but not just the, you know, not the usual conversation about organization. We really wanted to talk about organization based on your Myers-Briggs personality type. Now, we've talked about Myers-Briggs dozens of times on Sort of Awesome in the past. And we thought, okay, let's think about how do we organize our lives the most effective ways based on how our brains are wired. Of course, that's what Myers-Briggs kind of does is it helps us uncode or decode would be a better word, how our brains are naturally geared to work. And so we're thinking, okay, all of us are organized in some way or another. Some of us are super organized, some of us not so much. But all of us do these things, create these systems in our lives based on what works for us. So let's kind of talk about some of that. We have so much to talk about. We're going to get to all that in just a minute. But first... Let's do go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It is the moment in the show where we talk about the books and TV, the movies, the podcast products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome for us this week. So Emily, I can't wait to hear what you have for us.
1: Okay. So my awesome of the week is not super exciting, but I love it. So I've got to talk about it.
0: Hey, listen, that's like 90% of my
1: awesome. For sure. Well, that's so funny. Okay, so mine is a tumbler. You can actually put hot or cold liquids in it. And it's a tumbler by the company called Simple Modern. Oh, nice. Okay. Now, I just bought literally my fifth tumbler from this company. I love them. It keeps cold drinks cold. But the most important thing is that it keeps my coffee hot for like a good seven or eight hours. Oh wow! It is so amazing, and I just kind of happened upon it, and I think maybe a BuzzFeed article or something. Oh
0: my gosh! Listen, I get so many good ideas from BuzzFeed I shopping. Mean, seriously, <laughs> no shame in
1: that. Oh, no my my shame. Goodness, yeah. So I found them on Amazon, and there's all kinds of different sizes. There's different colors, and then every time they send you something, you get like a coupon code from the actual manufacturer. Oh. And like the first time I got a fifty percent off an accessory. So like a handle or or, you know, like those really popular metal straws. Are they called metal straws? Oh yes, metal straws. Everyone has them now. Yes.
0: Yes. 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 Okay.
1: So it's just, I mean, it's just the best tumbler ever. And it doesn't sweat on the outside. It's double wall, vacuum insulated. It's just an amazing all-purpose Tumblr. That sounds fantastic.
0: We will for sure put a link in the show notes if you want in on Emily's awesome. When you first said Tumblr, I wasn't 100% sure if you meant Tumblr like the website.
1: <laughs> was like. Is that still well, around? It's, it's totally still around. Oh my yes. gosh,
0: that's crazy. I was thinking that you had gotten way, way, way cooler than I had there for a couple of minutes. Okay. Never. Never. <laughs> This is tumblers of the keep your drink hot or cold variety. Yes. So Okay. Good, good, good. Good stuff. Okay. Well, my awesome of the week this week is a new series, a Netflix original series that just came out and it's Marie Kondo's Art of Tidying Up that's on Netflix, which this feels like it's actually called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. I got the title of the book mixed in there a little bit because this is making me think back all the way back to 2015, episode five of Sorta Awesome. That's episode five, like single digit episodes that long ago. Back in the archives that I will never go back and listen to myself because they will make me cringe (laughs) so much. But my awesome of the week, that week on episode five was Marie Kondo's book, The Magical Art of Tidying Up. And I loved it. I did the whole Kamri process I don't know that we actually finished doing the whole house. It's a really big process because it's a very Marie Kondo's KonMari method is very intentional. It's very like thoughtful and gratitude filled. Anyway, it's quite a process. Well, Netflix has taken that idea from her book and they've created this series where you actually get to meet Marie Kondo and she goes into the homes of clients and works with them and walks them through the process of the Connery method of clearing your home out of stuff that you don't want and you don't need. So it's really fantastic, Emily. I would say, I don't know, for those of you who have seen the Netflix series Queer Eye, which is like the reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yes. You know, like on those kinds of shows, I feel like Queer Eye does this really well. When they're like working with their clients, it's not just about the external, like a lot of internal stuff comes to the surface, right? Right. So, I would say that the same is true on tidying up with Marie Kondo as she's talking to the clients and kind of really asking them questions and helping them get a vision for what they want their home to be about, what they want their home life to be about. A lot of internal, emotional stuff comes to the surface. So, I like that aspect of it. I mean, also, I have to say it's a little bit like the show Hoarders, but not in a judgy way and definitely not to that extreme. But just that idea of getting to watch somebody kind of come to terms with and really react to the seeing the amount of stuff that they have in their home. Sure. It's so relatable. Like most of us don't have like a clinical problem with hoarding, but almost all of us would look at our homes and be like, there's just way too much stuff here.
1: Right. Well, (laughs) what are we going to do? Interestingly, I remember when you read her book several years ago. Well, right before you read her book, you told Kyle you needed to go to the store to get more storage tubs. Yes. And he was like, no, no, we're not getting more storage tubs. Exactly. We need to get rid of this stuff.
0: That's where it started. I was like, we just need more organizational systems. He was like, no, we don't need more systems. We need less stuff. Right. And that is really what the heart of her message is too. So anyway, the whole show, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, it's very soothing, calming, very inspiring. Marie Kondo is just a delight. She wears these darling, like little prim white cardigans and these really cute printed dresses and skirts. And she's just so charming. And it's just a great, a great watch. Daisy's been watching it with me. She was like, mom, this show's addictive. I was like, I know. (laughs) Welcome to binge watching. (laughs) We've been having so much fun with it. So again, that's over on Netflix. If you are a Netflix person, You'll want to be sure to check that out. It's, I mean, Netflix knows exactly what they're doing. It's January and people have this stuff on their minds.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you know that people are tuning in for it. So, okay, like I said, we'll have links in the show notes of this episode, which you can find at any time at dot sort of awesome show.com slash show notes. We'll have links to our awesomes of the week. Of course, we want to hear what your awesome of the week is as we are kicking off 2019. So if you haven't already, go find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show, where we ask about your awesome of the week every Friday morning. And of course, we always do this over in our Facebook community. We open up the floor for you to share your awesomes of the week with us. And if you haven't joined us over there, you can do that by going to facebook.com groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Okay, awesomes, I want you to imagine that I'm standing in front of you I'm giving you very serious eyes because, friends, I want 2019 to be the year that you find a bra that fits. And I happen to know just where you can find one without ever even having to leave your house. You can find it at Third Love. Third Love makes bras and underwear for everybody. With their fit finder quiz, you answer a few simple questions and you're going to find your perfect fit. Over 10 million women have taken the quiz today, and the Fit Finder quiz helps you to understand that your breast shape matters when you find a good fit. 3rd Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. And 3rd Love offers double the number of sizes that most other brands offer. They have cups from A through H, bands up to 48, and because 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes, Third Love invented half cup sizing. Now, with this pregnancy, everything in my life is shifting, including my body. So, I picked up a couple of Third Love's seamless lounge bras. Oh my goodness, you guys, I could practically live in these. They are the most comfortable bras I have ever worn. And Third Love offers a 100% fit guarantee. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find the perfect fit. If you don't love your bra, returns and exchanges are always free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering you the awesomes 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com awesome now to find your perfect fitting bra. This is the year you're going to do it. And you're going to get 15% off of your first purchase at Third Love when you go to thirdlove.com awesome for 15% off today. With the new year ahead, it's a great time to set goals to make sure it will be a strong one for you and for your business. Making that perfect hire can help set your team up for success, but where are you going to find that person? You can post on a job board and hope that the right person will apply, but why leave it up to chance when you can post your job where people go every day to make connections, grow in their careers, and discover job opportunities? That place is LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members aren't checking those job boards regularly, but 9 out of 10 LinkedIn members are open to and interested in new opportunities like yours with most of the u.s workforce on linkedin posting on linkedin is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people people with the right skills and backgrounds for your role who are ready for something new it's the best way to find the person who will help you grow your business. And it's why a new hire is made every eight seconds using LinkedIn. Find the most awesome people for your business this year at linkedin.com slash awesome. You're going to get $50 off of your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off of your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash awesome terms and conditions do apply. Okay. Now, like I said at the top of the show, We are all in, get it organized, get it cleaned out, get our lives back together after the craziness of the holidays and after, you know, kind of just like whatever happened in 2018 is in the past. Let's start out the new year with our best foot forward kind of mode right now. You know, here's the thing about organizing our stuff and our ideas. I mean, obviously there's not a one size fits all or there'd be one thing that we all do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There are so many ways that you can organize your life. And we're not just talking about like having a digital organizer or a planner. I mean, awesome. I want you all to think about like in the broad scope of your life, what does organized look like or mean to you? Whether it's, you know, in your vehicle or your desk at work or your closet, your collections, your paperwork in your house. How does this all look? what has worked for you and what's not working for you. We're going to talk about why some things work for us and why they don't based on the way our brains work. And we're going to do that through the lens of Myers-Briggs. But first, Emily, let's kind of like do a rewind and talk about what kind of, well, like what did organization look like when you were younger? Now, obviously you and I shared a room growing up. You're going to have to remind me because you have a way better memory than I do. Well, Sometimes. When it comes to our childhood stuff, I definitely feel like <laughs> you remember so many things. You'll be like, remember that time? And I will just look at you like, that didn't don't happen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> don't remember it. I really don't. Interestingly, that's probably mostly because introverts tend to have really great long-term memories. And Emily, you're an INFJ, an right? introvert, and guys are better at that then. Okay. Let's think back. We shared a room. We are obviously students at some time. Just kind of think about childhood school life, even moving into your like early professional years? Do you think that you were organized back then?
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. A funny story comes to mind. When I was in fourth grade, I kept my desk neat. I would clean it every day. And I'm talking about desks like, you know, the kind where you oh, keep yeah. stuff inside of it. I mean, this is like yeah, yeah, of course. a row back to the 80s. But yeah, like school desks, they yeah, so have sure. like the compartment or whatever. Yes. Some
0: you could lift the lid or right. lift the, you know, the writing surface, I guess. So it looked like right. you're lifting lids. Some were like stationary, I guess. You couldn't lift it. But yeah, they had the compartment where you had to shove all of your books and yeah. papers and pencils and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I remember in addition to organizing and cleaning it every day, I also had this little Tic Tac box. Okay. Like the candy box. And I had repurposed yeah, yeah. it. This is so funny. That I was doing this in fourth grade, but I had repurposed it to a pencil shavings box. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And my teacher saw it, Mrs. Allen saw yes. it. She was like, oh, Emily, you're so organized. <laughs> and I was like, I am organized, aren't I? And I was so <laughs> proud that she noticed that. But in my mind, I thought, instead of having to go to the sharpener on the wall, I would just yeah. use the sharpener in my desk and then I wouldn't have to empty it. I oh. wouldn't have to go to the trash can all the time. And so it was like, I don't know, it was saving me trips to the trash can. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot
0: until you said that just now. I forgot about that task of like, yes. if you use the pencil sharpener right. attached to the wall, if you happen to be using it when right. it was full, you had to take it and dump it in the trash exactly. can. yeah Yes. Look at you. You are being highly efficient. I was very creative and crafty in repurposing that tic
1: box. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> at the tender age of what, like nine years old yes. or something. Yes. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Goodness. I love that story. I don't have any good stories like that. I don't feel like I was a highly organized kid. I'm more the kid that would like, I'll start out with a system. Everything gets messy, 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 uh-huh. and then I'll get sick of it and clean it all out. And it's just the cycle that goes over right. and over. But I was right. not going to, I was not then, and I am not now somebody who's consistently like meticulous in my organization. Mm-hmm. I tend to let things go and then do the big clean out and then start it all over again. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I remember in college, I don't know if you remember this from my dorm room in college, most of my, dorm years in college, I had my own room and I would organize by just like piles of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd have a huge pile of just like textbooks and then I'd have a big pile of papers I was working on. And there would, of course, be clothes in different piles. Like the totally dirty clothes pile is one pile, but then there's also the pile that's like, "Eh, eh, I could probably wear this again.
1: It still passes the smell test. It's definitely not clean, but it's definitely not totally ready for the laundry yet. But it was a long walk to the laundromat, so it's (laughs) a long, long walk to the laundry room
0: to use the coin-operated laundry machines. Inevitably, one of us would forget our quarters
1: (laughs) and have to walk all the way back. (laughs) Oh, goodness. It was usually me. I'll go ahead and admit it. It was (laughs) usually
0: me. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Let's talk though. I'm really super curious about this. Do you remember the first time that you like got a planner, you know, like, so you could organize your time and your assignments and those types of things. Do you remember that? And I do. I was in high
1: school. Okay. I believe I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. This is after our family had moved to Pennsylvania and it was the beginning of the school year. And so I used it for about three weeks. Oh, really? So I don't know if you know this about me, but... I don't do planners. You don't actively have one right now? No. I don't. I (gasps) cannot. I know that's crazy. This is fascinating. I cannot keep up with a paper planner. I put every... Okay, single thing that I have going on in my life in my phone calendar. In your phone. Okay. And then it syncs to Outlook calendar and I have tried, I have bought so many mm-hmm. paper calendars with the best intent. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I'm using them. I just can't I can't keep up with it. Can't do it.
0: This is interesting. I was going to talk about this later, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Okay, so you're an INFJ. Yes. You're telling me you don't use a planner. Right. I owe my husband's an INTJ. We were talking about this cuz I've had this episode on my mind for weeks. I've been researching and I was talking to him about it. He's an INTJ. And he was like, I don't use a planner. He's like, I've never used one. And I was like, Well, okay, how do you remember what you have to do? And he's like, I don't I just do it. I don't have to remember it. I just do it. Right.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> I'm like, well, that's easy for you to say when like for him, all he has to manage is himself and his business. Right. And listen. He co-owns a financial advising firm. It's not like he like, you know, just watches TV all day. He has things he has to do. Sure. But if he does have a thing, like an appointment, because he has to meet with clients, he'll just put it on his Google calendar and that's like that's his reminder. Yep. I'm like, I cannot live in that world. Now I do have more to keep up with in terms of balancing and and making sure. sure that kids get to where they need to go. The girls are both applying for their next year's schools this year. We are buried under an avalanche of paperwork and applications and all these deadlines. And of course, I will manage all of that. So mm-hmm. the idea of just being like, well, I just do it. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> that must be nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, I love a planner. I live and die by my planners. We've actually talked about our specific planner choices a few times in the past on Sorta Awesome. Right. I have to tell you, I bet you remember my first planners because for probably like 10 years of my life, every single year, I would get the Mary Englebright desk calendar planner type thing. And I think I started that. I feel like I started that my senior year of high school and continued to use that through college, that style, and then on into when I was a teacher. I remember very specifically when I was a teacher having that because it was like this little, I loved at the time Mary Engelbride's art. And I would just have like this one little thing that brought me so much happiness. As a planner, it had her art in it and it was perfectly fine for keeping track of everything. Mm-hmm. I've graduated to less fun colors and all of that and more sort of a minimalistic approach than the Mary Inglebright planners would be. But I loved those. They served me so well and brought they, I mean, speaking of Marie Kondo, you know, her whole thing is, you know, only keep what brings joy to your life. Those right. brought
1: so much joy to my life. Yes, They, they were, were fantastic. fantastic. Pretty. And yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Well, let's go ahead. We kind of touched on this, but let's go ahead and talk about currently, like planners and calendaring aside. Do you kind of consider yourself to be an organized person. Like where on the spectrum, let's say one out of 10, one being a complete disaster (laughs) of a mess all the time and 10 being like super, super highly organized. Where do you think you fall on that spectrum?
1: Well, I have a complicated answer because if you're talking about like my stuff at school or activities or events or appointments, I'm super organized.
0: Okay. And just as a reminder, everybody, if you're new to sort of awesome, Emily's a teacher, she teaches middle school art. Yes. So you're an artisty type. Right. But in terms of your classroom and like you said, the appointments of your life, those types of things, that part of your life, you're saying you're like maybe like nine, 10 area of organized.
1: Oh yeah, very much. But then when you come to my apartment and I will say, this is a complete cop out, but (laughs) my apartment is tiny. (laughs) Uh-huh. So it's not always decluttered. Okay, it's always clean. I love cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's just there's yeah. only so much room for all the stuff you mm-hmm. have, which I'm trying to take care of
0: mm-hmm. as I'm transitioning
1: yeah. to my new apartment complex. Yeah. So I would say I'm probably like a five. Okay. When well, it comes to like actual stuff in my home. Okay,
0: that's really good and interesting. We're going to talk some more about like why that might be right. here in a minute.
1: I totally
0: relate to that. There are areas of my life where I do consider myself really organized. There's this just like one little tiny pocket of my life where I really feel like I'm like a nine or a 10 and that's my laptop, my computer Uh that I work on. My files, everything, my desktop, it's all meticulously, painfully organized because it's almost like the opposite of what you said, because it is such a small space, it's easier for me to keep that organized. Now, of course it's Mm -hmm. digital. So that's different than say your closet, having too small of a closet, you know? Yeah. But that one area of my life is the one that I'm like at the top of the organized chart. The rest of it, oh my goodness. Like I would be generous in giving myself a five, I think.
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I could do
0: a lot better in other organizational areas of my life for sure. That's funny. Let's talk about one of the most interesting articles that I came across in researching for this, and I sent it to you immediately so we could discuss it. Yes. Is from the very well-known website. I'm sure lots of you all are familiar with this website. It's called Introvert Deer, where they talk about all things for introverts and also they talk about highly sensitive people a lot on that site, which I'm an extrovert, but I'm also highly sensitive. So I relate to a lot of what they talk about at Introvert Deer. But last year, last winter, they had an article called Why Many Introverts Are Extremely Good Planners. And it kind of talks about how when you're an introvert, that planning, at least the planning part, right. kind of comes more naturally for introverts than it does for extroverts. We extroverts tend to be a little bit more just like fly by the seat of our pants sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not all, not all extroverts. (laughs) (laughs) But introverts definitely do tend to be more of planners. What did you think about this idea?
1: Oh, I totally agree. And do you know, a really good example of that is like, when August rolls around, I'm always like, the first one to bring up the holidays and what we're doing. Oh my and gosh, the holidays stresses me out to no end. And, and you don't want to talk about it. You're like, I don't know what we're doing. No. Like, stop trying to tie me down.
0: <laughs> I get so stressed because you are right. It is about in August. You're like, so what are we doing for Thanksgiving? And I'm like, yes. are you kidding me? I have to get through back <laughs> to school first. <laughs> There's so much life between now and Thanksgiving. Oh gosh. And I think that this is very true. Introverts really do like to have
1: a plan in place. It makes us feel calm and complete. Everything is peaceful. Okay. Yeah.
0: When there is a plan in place. Well, I asked Kyle about this because again, he's an introvert as well. He said he definitely likes to know what the plan is. Like, He likes to plan ahead, honestly, Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to be caught like, looking like he doesn't know what's going on. I mean, I think he just is really resistant to being surprised. Mm -hmm.
1: Does that ring true for you as an introvert? definitely. Okay. I think part of it is that we have to mentally prepare. Yes. Like, you know how introverts just, it's not our strong suit to be around people a lot. Right. So we have to mentally prepare, okay, you know, this is happening at Thanksgiving. There's going to be these people here and lots of stuff going on. And so we have to kind of reconcile in our mind that everything's going to be okay. Okay. You know, maybe carve out some time for private time or alone time. Yes, That totally makes sense. And they didn't talk about that
0: necessarily in this article, I don't think. But that very much makes sense because for introverts, being around people, carrying on a conversation, particularly if it is going to be a gathering where there's like a lot of people, a lot of small talk. Right. It's not like a real deeper, meaningful gathering of people. It's maybe, you know, like the holidays or yeah. whatever social function. For them, carrying on all those conversations is like doing it while they're on a treadmill. It's like takes double the amount of energy. Absolutely. That it would for an extrovert in the same environment. So I hadn't thought about that, but that is a fantastic insight the introverts would want to know, okay, if I'm going to put out this much energy, how do I prepare? Like, what am I gonna, you know, I need this much time beforehand and I know I'm gonna need this much time afterwards to manage my energy, to balance my energy out if we're gonna do this. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I totally get it? it. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Okay, well, let's kind of talk about before we really do this deep, deep, deep dive into personality types and what organization looks like And just looking at all the aspects of that, what are some of your biggest organizing challenges right now, do you think? Like, it sounds like professionally, all of your systems are like thumbs up, doing great. Yes. As you look at the rest of your life, what are some of the biggest challenges you have?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to go back to my apartment because in addition to it being pretty small, I also only have one closet. Mm -hmm. I have one closet and not a whole lot of kitchen storage, which for someone who cooks a lot, I have a lot of hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actual cooking utensils
0: and pots and pans and all the things. Yeah. Yes.
1: So that's been definitely a struggle. You know, I'm hoping with this new move that I can get some systems in place, start fresh totally continue to get rid of the things that I don't need. And yeah. I have found that when you're working with small spaces, it's good to like work up and yes. you know use what you would see as like an unusable space, like a wall mm-hmm. or, you know, the top of the refrigerator. Yeah. So that I think is really going to help.
0: Definitely. I mean, there's something really magical
1: about moving. Of course,
0: it is a huge stress and a huge right. pain. Of course, the logistics are like, you know, at the top of the list of life's biggest stressors. Right. But Tyler and I have said a number of times, one of the biggest problems with our house right now is that we just haven't moved in a long time for yes. us. We haven't moved. We've lived in this house for almost seven years, wow. which is by far the longest we've lived in anywhere. Right. And- back when Kai was coaching and we were moving a lot, you know, there's something about a move. You just purge. Like you don't want to have to pay and deal with moving stuff that you don't actually love and use. Right. So it's like a natural declutter to move. But if you haven't moved in a while, you don't have any motivation. No, it just piles up
1: and piles up and piles up.
0: So yes, you know, organizational challenge for me right now is we just have too much stuff. The twins, especially... Because we tend to have doubles of everything for them, not just clothes, although their clothes are kind of out of control right now, but their toy situation is bananas. We just have too much stuff. The girls' room is kind of atrocious, but I can just close the door to their room. I don't deal with it that much, but that's a thing. But I'll tell you what, one of the biggest organizational challenges that I still have is keeping track of paperwork. With Kyle and I both being small business owners and both of us working from home, we have a ton of paperwork and records and statements and tracking of different things and receipts that we have to keep track of. Not to mention, I mean, I definitely, we use Mint to like do our budgeting and I pay all of our bills online. So I'm not even thinking about like the actual like day-to-day banking business, but like all of the other stuff that falls under that sort of paperwork category, like medical statements, all of that stuff. It's just everywhere. I need a solid system for dealing with all of this stuff.
1: They make like a filing box. They make filing boxes for the home where you just have different folders. That would be really easy to do. It's probably the first place I should start, honestly. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great
0: if that was actually just like, and then I bought the filing box and my life was changed. Right, <laughs> and I never lost a statement again. Oh, that's funny. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it's so. January. Anything can happen. Yes. Okay. So, Awesomes, we did a ton of research for this episode. One of the first things I did was I took a little informal poll in one of our Sort Awesome Hangout spinoff groups. We have a lot of groups that have spun off from the main hangout that are really focused on specific topics. So I'm in one called the Sorta Awesome Planner Peeps group on Facebook. It's a very awesome little gathering. I think there's like 200 people in there who love to talk all things planners and pens and even digital organization. So I put up a little informal poll and I was like, tell me what your Myers-Briggs type is, if you know it, and your favorite planner. I thought this would be interesting to kind of see, well, this type tends to be drawn towards this. No, no the answers were all over the place. Like I thought I would get like INTJs, like my husband being like super, like it has to be efficient and no frills. I mean, these are, you know, mostly women, of course, but I thought the INTJ types would be like, you know, I just want of just a notebook and that's it. No, one of our INTJs was like, I love Erin Condren planners. I like the colors and the stickers and the washi tape. And I was like, and you're an INTJ? Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. And then there'd be like ENFJs who are generally very bright, cheery, outgoing, you know, I would think they would be the ones with the stickers and the washi tape and all of that fun stuff. One of them was like, she just wants super minimalistic, no frills, just the basics. So I was like, well, that theory did not go anywhere. Oh,
1: man,
0: <laughs> That's okay, though, because that's what made me really, really start digging in and doing this deep dive that I shared with you. And we've been kind of talking about Personality types and organization. Let's talk about the extroverts first. Because okay. listen, you guys, introverts are so much more complicated than we extroverts are. I mean, they really true. are.
1: It's so true. There's so much to an introvert mind. Yes. And we extroverts are pretty much like what you see. What
0: you <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Okay. So instead of talking about every single type, because there's 16 types and we just frankly don't have that much time, we're going to group everybody into four categories. We're going to talk about the EJs. So if your are Myers-Briggs starts with an E and ends with a J, if you're an EJ. We're going to talk about the EPs, again, the extroverts and the P's, the perceivers. And then when we move into the introverts, again, we're going to talk about the IJs and the IPs. So that's how we decided to break it down because those are kind of the big groupings that I saw come to the surface as we talk about how our brains organize our environments, and the information that we're taking in. So Emily, why don't you kick us off with our EJ category?
1: All right. So if you know an EJ person, you know that they tend to be the most naturally organized types. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Now, they may not be the neatest or tidiest people that you know, but they usually know how to organize stuff, how to get stuff done, that kind of stuff.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: Yes. So the EJ types that we're talking about are like ESTJ, ENTJ, ENFJ, ESFJ. Yes. Something that the EJ types have in common besides being extroverts and being kind of geared more towards getting things done is that their first cognitive function is a judging function. Yes, exactly. So just as a quick
0: reminder about when we're talking about Myers-Briggs, yes, we have the four letters that describe our personality type, but each of those 16 personality types, they all have a stack of cognitive functions. And If you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, you know kind of what we're talking about. If you're not, you can definitely go onto the interwebs and there is a world of information waiting for you to discover it. There's one big rabbit hole. Yes, definitely. You could spend a lot of time looking at cognitive functions and how those work. But just like Emily just said, the thing about J types in general, the way I always think about Js and Ps, the difference is. J types generally are oriented towards just do it. I think of J and just do it because they are, tend to be more action oriented. Mm-hmm. Ps, I think of P being for possibilities because we like to live in the realm of what's possible. So when it comes to EJ types, and Emily had listed those off, their strongest cognitive pull, what their brain wants to do is to take action on the information that they're taking in. So this is why they're so naturally organized. They see, again, whether it's information or, you know, actual concrete things like organizing a closet or whatever, they see it, they want to take action on it for the most part. So yeah, that's such a great point about the EJs. Yes.
1: So if you think about it like this, if you think of like, say an ESTJ, they are going to want to organize concrete things for efficiency or for logic. Yes, totally. So
0: they are an S-type, so they're really interested in sensing the concrete world around them. Right. And again, you know, like as a, as a thinking type, they're really looking at, okay, what makes sense logically? What's the most efficient thing to do here? So definitely your ESTJs are going to be the ones who are like, let's get this place into
1: shape and right. let's do it logically. Yes. <laughs> Perfect description. ENTJs are going to organize kind of the more abstract stuff, like the big ideas mm-hmm. Yes. for efficiency and logic. And on mm-hmm. the other hand, ESFJs want to organize concrete things for the good of the people or organizations. Yes. And ENFJs are going to organize people. Okay. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. Definitely. Both of those, the
0: ESFJs and the ENFJs, they are going to want to organize like with an aiming towards harmony. Right. In a group. I have a friend in one of my friend groups who this particular friend group will sometimes, you know, throughout the year, get together, travel to get together and have like retreats or whatever. And we have one ENFJ in the group that we can always count on to be like, okay, guys, I set up the spreadsheet that tells when everybody's flight comes in and who's going to be (laughs) in which rental car, which rental car leaves the airport when and when it needs to be returned. All of these things. And it's like not even, it's a joy to her to organize that. She's passionate about that kind of stuff. (laughs) Totally passionate because she knows that's gonna help us have a wonderful getaway together if everybody knows who's getting in, when, and to the right place at the right time. Right. That stuff makes my brain like melt. <laughs> like I can barely <laughs> keep track of when I'm getting there, let alone the big group. But oh that's just how ENFJs tend to be wired. They like to organize people right. for the good of a bigger group. Right. So yeah. Okay, let's move on to talk about those
1: EPs. Okay. Now, you know, as an ENFP yourself, Mm -hmm. that EP types are not generally known for being like naturally organized. It's true. (laughs) That doesn't hurt your feelings, does it?
0: It does hurt my feelings. (laughs) I really
1: have genuinely made peace with this. That is not my natural (laughs) strength, okay? Right. That's okay, though, because you have strengths in many other areas. That's right. That's right. So the EP types are going to be your ESTP, your ENTP, obviously your ENFP, your ESFP. Okay. Something that the EP types have in common besides being extroverts is that their first cognitive function is the perceiving function.
0: Exactly. So totally different from an EJ type. So EJ types are naturally wired to take action because regardless of you know, what their four letters are, if they're an E and a J, then their brain is like, let's take action on this. Right. Totally the opposite for those of us who are EP types. Our brain naturally just wants to take in and gather information. Mm -hmm. We love to live in the realm of possibility. So that's why we're really strong at like brainstorming things and coming up with ideas and seeing possibilities. Whereas, you know, a J might just be like, well, we got to solve this problem. So let's do it this way. Right. You know, like an EP might look at it and be like, well, We could do it that way, but we could also try this or this or this. We can just naturally see all the different possibilities. Right.
1: And it's not that you like to live in limbo. It's just that EP types just love that realm of possibility, if you will. Yes, exactly. So once an EP type has spent some time living in that realm of possibility, they tend to get their second of cognitive function to actually take action on it. Yes, that's why some EP types might struggle with what to do with all the possibilities that they have, kind of coming into their mind, because they have to move into like a different cognitive space. Like their brain has to shift gears. Yes, that's does exactly that make right. sense? Yes, it totally does. Right. So once they do, once they shift gears, then you have you know ESTPs and ENTPs. Who are going to organize based on introvert thinking. So they'll organize based on what makes sense to them logically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you have the ENFPs and the ESFPs who are going to organize based on what matches up with their internal code of values, if you will. Exactly, exactly. Because
0: while ESTP and ENTP they have their second cognitive function, introverted thinking. So they're like writing into that logical space. So we ENFPs and also ESFPs, our second cognitive function is introverted feeling. right? And this is one of those functions that people tend to be like, oh, feeling," so you make decisions based on what your emotions are. No, it does not have to do with emotions. It has to do with what your internal code of values is. It's subjective to what is important to you. So you could have two ENFPs whose lives are organized totally differently, who choose to take action on information totally differently because they have totally different internal code of values. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So those are our EJs and our EPs. Now let's talk about you complicated introverts. <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have a lot going on here.
1: Ew, our minds never stop, oh my goodness.
0: Awesomes, you know me, I mostly wear skirts and dresses every day. I am the last person on this planet who ever thought she would fall in love with athletic wear of all things. That was before I met Fabletics. Fabletics is a fashion-focused, activewear brand with a mission to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of its exceptional price point. So no matter if you're going to pop into a Pilates class, work out your aggression by doing some kickboxing with YouTube, or just try to take more walks around the neighborhood with your kids, Fabletics has you come Covered. They carry gym wear suitable for any type of activity. Fabletics is your one-stop shop for affordable gym wear and all their designs are created in-house. You're not going to see these pieces anywhere else. Fabletics is offering you awesomes an incredible deal you do not want to miss. You get two leggings for only $24 when you sign up as a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com awesome to take advantage of this deal right now. That's fabletics.com awesome to get two leggings, for only $24. Fabletics has all kinds of active wear, including their Sedona fleece vest, which I am totally obsessed with and have been wearing all fall and winter. And if you've never checked out Fabletics before, go to their collections page. You can see all the trending pieces. Fabletics releases new styles, collections, and prints every month. And pro tip, if you become a VIP with Fabletics, you get 50% off of their regular pricing and instant access to all of their latest collections. So if you're ready to start off the new year in, trend and affordable gym wear that you feel great in. I highly recommend checking out Fabletics and you guys, I don't want you to miss out on this very special offer. Again, it's two leggings for $24 when you sign up as a VIP when you go to fabletics.com/awesome to get in on this deal right now. fabletics.com/awesome. Remember, there's no commitment to purchase monthly and you get free shipping on all orders over $49. fabletics.com/awesome. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, this is true. This is true. And here's what's interesting. Whereas EJs and EPs, it's pretty straightforward. Like if you're an EP, then your first function is perceiving. If you're an EJ, your first function is a judging function. Again, a a cognitive function that wants you to take action. It's totally flip-flopped for introverts. Right. So this is why if you're an introvert, you may have spent a lot of time thinking like, okay, for example, it is super, super common for INFPs to be like, am I actually an INFJ? Mm -hmm. And like really kind of get confused about that. Same thing, an INTP, for example, might really be like, I feel like I act more like an INTJ, but Mm -hmm. some things don't match up. It can be really confusing. And that's because it is flip-flops. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. So let's talk about the IPs first. Okay. These are going to be your INTP, ISTP, INFP, ISFP types. The IPs, starts with an I, ends with a P. Here's the thing. Their dominant function, their first function, the thing that their brain wants to do first is not a perceiving function, you guys. It's a judging function. Mm -hmm. So even though they've got that P at the end of their four letters, their brains actually want to just do it. They want to take action. Right. Because they are actually judgers. Now, of course, when we're talking about manager's brains, we don't mean like we're judging people. Right. It's just that propensity towards taking action. So here's the thing. They are constantly checking in with themselves about what they believe so that they can know how to make decisions in either big decisions or small decisions in life. And so this can cause IPs in general to feel kind of unsettled or aimless or anxious because they're constantly thinking about like going inward to think about how they can make the right choice in any given situation, honestly. right. Another thing about our IP types is they tend to think a lot in terms of what they should be doing. They tend to have like really strict ideas, goals for themselves, what they should be doing. But then the tricky thing is, so they start out, and in fact, IPs are really good at initiating tasks. Let's just use the closet example, okay? Mm-hmm. Say they have a closet, they want to marie that closet. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to actually starting on that task, they are not usually going to be the ones who procrastinate about it. They're like, okay, I'm going to come Marima my closet. I'm going to get in there and get started on right. it. They will actually go ahead and they have the discipline to go ahead and start that task. Mm-hmm. Now, here is where it gets tricky for the IP type. Their next cognitive function is a perceiving function. And so, yeah, they may start out taking action, but then that perceiving comes in and they get distracted. Perceiving types, we tend to get distracted easily, okay? Okay. That's okay. That's okay. We get distracted by those shiny things and (laughs) kind of get off course. And that can be really unsettling for an IP type because they're like, wait a second, I started out over here cleaning out my closet, but then before I knew it, I had taken this rain boots that I actually wanted to keep by the front door. I took him to the front door. And then the next thing I knew I was cleaning my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And this can be super frustrating because they, again, they're driven by that first function, which is a judging function. They want to take action and they can be really hard on themselves for getting distracted. And so then what happens a lot of times, especially for our feeling IPs. So like our ISFPs and our INFPs because they have like gotten off track from what their internal code of values said, like you should do this, they can get really discouraged and then just abandon the project altogether. So it's definitely a big downfall for the IPs. So I'm just thinking about some INFP friends I know particularly, you know, who really struggle. They're like, I really, really want to be organized, but I never follow through. What's happening here is you start out with that organization. And then when you kick down into your next cognitive function, you get a little distracted, right? So here's my message for the IPs out there. First of all, you need to know that even though you have P at the end of your name, <laughs> when it comes to Myers-Briggs, <laughs> just know you are actually built for taking action. Don't let the P at the end of your type make you feel like you don't fit in with others or make you doubt what your type might be. You want to act, but don't shame yourself for getting distracted lean into the distraction because what that perceiving function is inviting you to do is to like, look at possibilities. So your organizational method is kind of like a circle that's like action, relax, action, relax. So let's say you do start cleaning out your closet, you get distracted, you find yourself at the front door with boots. And then you're thinking about like, how could I organize my shoes better? Maybe I should keep them at the front door. Right. Like take a moment to let yourself think through possibilities, maybe write them down, whatever works for you. And just know that it's okay. Don't beat yourself up that you got off track or that you got distracted. It's right. how your brain was meant to work. Right. You know? And then the hardest part, I think, for our IPs is that they have to then make the choice to get back into the action to be like, okay, I took a little rabbit trail, but now I'm going back to the closet and now I'm going to finish cleaning out the closet. You know what I mean? Right. So. Those are the IPs. Now, Emily, I saved the best for last, the
1: IJs. Yay! (laughs) Tell me about myself in terms of decluttering and planning and all of that.
0: Well, I think this is gonna be interesting. I can't wait. I have not told you any of this that I found about IJs because I know I wanted you to hear it and I wanted to get your honest reaction to see if it rings true as an INFJ. Okay. So again, remember our introverts, they are flip-flop of what you would expect. So even though IJs, start with an I and with a J and their types, even though they outwardly a lot of times look like judging types. Again, your classroom is probably a perfect example. Right. You guys' actual dominant function is really a perceiving function. Mm-hmm. So inwardly, you really are motivated by and energized by gathering information and looking at possibilities. Now, this means that our IJ types Really do love to do a complete, like you mentioned before. I think you even said this, like fall down the rabbit hole yes. of learning about something. Right, that's so me. <laughs> Sometimes I'll text you and I'll be like, "What are you doing?" You're like, "Um, I'm researching whatever happened to flight such and such that you know crashed into the whatever
1: ocean in 1952." I was just going to bring up something about aviation. I was like, "Well, I'm just learning about more planes." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you know who else is like that is your oldest daughter, Daisy.
0: Yes, I was going to say that Daisy, who I really do believe is an INFJ, Uh is the exact same way. I'll be like, what you doing? Oh, I'm just listening to this D&D podcast. Like she's into Dungeons and Dragons right now. Uh So everything is D&D podcast, D&D books, D&D YouTube videos, Mm -hmm. all of these things. Yeah. So you guys are by nature your brain actually, even though you have that J at the end of your name, when it comes to your type, Mm -hmm. you are actually a perceiver. Now, sometimes this can look like procrastination, right? Do you feel like procrastination is something that is a struggle for you in some areas of your life? Absolutely. Hands down. Okay. So even though you might have a project ahead of you, you find yourself kind of (laughs) actually intentionally maybe following shiny things that you don't have to do the project. Does that feel Absolutely, right? Absolutely, totally distracting
1: myself. Yeah. You know, I was like that in grad school when I had to write papers. Mm. I'm still like that when it comes to, my big thing is clutter. Like, yes, I know that I need to find solutions to all the clutter that I have. But, you know, if I can go down a rabbit hole of, you know, owning a Bengal cat... <laughs> Uh, what that's it does with daily research too to, to own a binkle? I don't know something totally random that I'm interested in. Yes, 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 and yes. I will do that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, here's
0: the thing that's so great about our IJs is once they move out of that perceiving, then they're going to kick down into their second cognitive function, which is going to be a judging function. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about being an IJ and that I envy so much as an ENFP is once you guys decide to do something, like once you move into action mode, like you do it. Right. I see this in Kyle all the time. He'll be like, I need to clean up my office. He'll say that for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then like randomly one morning, he'll just be in there complete, like filling garbage bags and refiling everything. He just gets to the point where he's just like, I'm just doing it. And like, he does not stop until it is done.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I can tell you the other day, it was the beginning of holiday break. And I had been thinking, okay, I've got to clean out my closet. Like there's so much stuff in there I don't need. And I just got to it and I just started and I was in the middle of it. And I called my boyfriend, Corey, and he was like, take a break. And I was like, No. There's no, no I am not taking a break. I have four of those big lawn and leaf trash bags <laughs> of clothes to donate and stuff to throw away. And he was like, just wrap it up tomorrow. And I was like, nope, that's not happening. Yeah. I am not, an option. not done until this is finished.
0: Not an option.
1: Yes. So whatever it is, whether you know it's a project like that, you know, I
0: know a lot of writers who are in INFJs and they'll have a writing deadline and they will just be like doing all manner of crazy right. things to avoid it. But then once they click into taking action mode, once they move into that judging function, forget it. They are in the zone. You cannot interrupt mm-hmm. them. Yep. They are totally, completely tuned in. There is no distracting an IJ once they move into, I mean, if you do distract them, you're going to face some wrath because right. they are in their action taking zone. Whereas an IP's organizing is going to look like a circle. It's going to look like action, take a break and, you know, do some perceiving do a little relaxing and then move back into action. And IJs is going to be more like an hourglass shape where Mm -hmm. it's going to start out like really big on the top with lots of perceiving and then move down into that sort of skinny center of an hourglass where you're like really super, super focused on taking action and then move back out into more perceiving. And especially for our creative types who are IJs, that letting yourself kind of slide back into that perceiving function after you've taken action is really good for your creative work because you can use more of that perceiving, taking in information to kind of go back and and continue to work on whatever project it was that you were working on. So when it comes to organizing for our IJs, my message to you would be, let that procrastination serve you. So lean into it as a perceiving function. So again, say you need to organize your closet, you've been putting it off, watch Marie Kondo tidying up on Netflix, look on Pinterest and look at people's, Pinterest perfect closets, do some kind of inspiration deep dive and Mm -hmm. then let that inspire you kicking into your judging function. And then you're going to be unstoppable when it comes to organizing.
1: Perfect advice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just love this. I can talk about it forever, but
0: we really probably should go ahead and wrap things up. So I'm just curious before we wrap up, do you have any sort of organizational goals for the year ahead?
1: Well, I think A good rule for me is if there's an item or an article of clothing that I haven't used in, say, a year, I don't need it anymore. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, I have this box of, like, painting supplies, not like artist painting supplies, but like house painting supplies. I am probably not going to need that
0: for a while.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 I'll yeah. I haven't used to it. I'm just going to throw it away. You know, like that's an example of me. I think there's just like this sentimental part of me who is hesitant to throw certain things away. Now, I will tell you. Oh, sure. That when I first started teaching my first year teaching, I taught kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And I have just a folder of stuff from that first year. And I don't know that I will ever throw that away because when I hold that thing, it Absolutely brings me joy mm-hmm. to think about my first year of teaching those sweet little babies, you know, and I don't have that feeling with the box of paint supplies. So I think it's going to be pretty smooth in terms of like what I can determine yeah, can go and I can keep.
0: That's so good, and that's such a good measuring stick for really all of your organizing, right. for sure, for sure. It really is. I think mine obviously is to figure out a workable, sustainable system for the paper tiger <laughs> for managing all the right. papers, statements, and all of that stuff. And right, I will say I got Laura Casey's. She's the one that does like cultivate what matters. She does the power sheets. So this year I got the power sheets goal planner for 2019, and. This isn't exactly related to organization, but it kind of is because I'm hoping that, and I haven't, it's supposed to get here next week. I haven't even used it yet, but I'm hoping that by like really honing in and focusing in on what's truly important that I want to accomplish, that some of the other organizational things will sort of fall into place as I think about how to make those things happen. Right. So I know that's really big and open-ended and I don't have any specifics right now because I haven't gone through the whole PowerSheets process. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what that brings to my life because I know so many people who really swear by PowerSheets and Laura Casey's system for figuring out how to spend your time doing what really matters to you. So I'm looking forward to that for sure.
1: Well, good. Can I ask you one more question? Yes. Do you feel like you are ready, which you have time, but do you feel like you know what steps to take to get ready? For adding another human to your home. Well, I'll tell you this much.
0: And we've kind of even hit on this a little bit before, but I really do know that we don't need as much stuff
1: as we think. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So I do know big areas of our house that are going to have to get cleaned out to make room for the stuff that we do need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Are you ever really ready for that? I don't know. I know. <laughs> <That's> so true.
1: <laughs> I do know. You already have four, adding another one,
0: you know. Yes, we'll see. Every uh, certainly every baby is different, and every experience with a new child is different. But it is nice to be like, Well, I've done this before. You guys, for sure, there's only one baby. Just to clarify, we've had a couple of ultrasounds in blood work since then. One baby. I'm very much looking forward to how much less stuff one baby needs than two babies (laughs) do. Yes. Oh, goodness. Okay. This has been so much fun. I loved getting this episode ready. I really hope, Awesomes, as you're listening, that you heard yourself in some of this talk about organizing and that you are understanding your brain and yourself and like how you move through the world a little bit better. I can't wait to hear what you all have to say in follow-up conversations. So Emily, remind everybody, where can we find you?
1: So I am on Instagram at emily34331. And I'm also active in the Sorta Awesome Hangout Facebook group.
0: Definitely. So just tag Emily if you really want to talk to her about something that she said or mentioned that you relate to what she shared on this episode. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And of course, you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. So Emily, thank you so much for being here this week.
1: Well, thank you for having me again. This has been a really fun conversation.
0: Totally awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com.